everyone. Welcome to the Amateur Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Ryan O'Connor, and today I'm talking to Dan Alonzo and Candace Sheriff, owner-operators of Live Edge Forest, a company based in Port Carling, Ontario, that creates furniture, kitchenware, jewelry, and other products from reclaimed and fallen trees. Dan and Candace are also van living enthusiasts. They've spent three months traveling across Canada in their van last winter. So today they're going to talk to us about uh, how and what they learned from their experience. So thanks for joining us today, Dan and Candice. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. <laughs> um, so my first question, let's start off talking about uh, your company, Live Edge Forest, and what you do for that, and a little bit about woodworking. Um, so my first question is, how did you get into creating furniture out of reclaimed wood? Um, the idea came from, I planted trees for nine years across Canada, and then uh, there was a process in that tree uh, company uh, called Slash Pile Burning. So what they do is the trees that are uh, deemed unfit by the forest companies, they put in a big slash pile in a pile, and then in the wintertime they come and they burn those trees that are unfit for pulp and paper or mm -hmm. for 2x4s or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So the idea came to use fallen, unused trees instead of cutting things down to create charcuterie boards and benches and other things like that. So that kind of sprouted the idea for Live Edge Forest. Mm -hmm. It started, like you said, with like you were making charcuterie boards and then just as like that progressed, people asked for different things and it just kind of evolved from there. And I actually had my first show at Candice's uh, yoga studio back in London and mm -hmm. she actually bought my first charcuterie board ever. Oh wow. So it was my, That's it so was cool. a, I gave her a great deal. She bought uh, it for her brother. Uh, but yeah, that was our introduction together. Yeah. And then, yeah, like we said, just from there, uh, we wanted to make use of the whole tree. So, you know, if we would have cut off some things, mm -hmm. I had a background in making jewelry. So we'd make like jewelry pieces. Um, and then people would just like come to us with different requests, like different friends. I need a counter for my gym or I want a coffee table and, and, and so on and so forth. And at the beginning, it maybe have been tables, but since then we've all kinds of random things, yeah. right? Like just different things people request and we figure it out. And, and then of course we make things that we just want to make too for our lifestyle. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of a made-to-order business where people come to you with the idea and then you figure out how to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, I would say 90% custom Yeah, okay. is, is, is our biggest, especially in Muskoka with a lot of, Muskoka's all about word of mouth, so you yeah. make a, a nice table for somebody and then yeah, it goes from that. And then even like some of the other items we would do, especially in the beginning, like we love camping, so we, we made a camping board with a little compass on it. We could clip on to like the carabiner onto our pack. Mm. Dan's birthday one year, we invented um, canoe a canoe board. board so so it's, we, in the beginning, we just used bungee cords to strap a board to the, the gunnels of the canoe. And then uh, I would just flip around and we just face each other and have a snack. Um, and then we like perfected it. Like we legit got proper, you know, nice stainless yeah. steel straps for it. That's really cool. That's so Canadian, a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> and like it, it even had two, uh, we can't say wine holders. Uh, a couple you can't, you can't drink, but it called beverage holders. Uh -huh. And then like a meat and cheese board. So you can kind of have like a nice, elegant, romantic yeah. paddle on the water. That's Lovely. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I could use some of that. Actually, I don't have a canoe. Our canoe was, was stolen, actually, <laughs> oh. if you can believe it, from, oh, from our dock. Yeah. Oh, no. But um, either that or a storm took it off the dock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy. Dropped it somewhere uh, where we don't know. It's a shame. Yeah, but uh, next time I get a canoe, I'll have to get one of those. <laughs> yeah, those definitely, boards. definitely. Um, I'm curious, is there anything that, that any request you had that was really difficult, that really challenged you when it first came up? 
Um, the Northern Edge Algonquin table. It was it was it was uh, a, a bit of a process. So we had this beautiful couple uh, from two hours north of Muskoka, and they ordered a kitchen island shaped as a tree. Mm. So mm. it was it was very complicated. We had to do it in three pieces. But uh, at that time, I broke my thumb, uh, so I was kind of uh, unable to do certain things. And, and Candice uh, did the majority of that piece. But they wanted, they had stones and sand from a, a golf course in Scotland and stones that they've collected throughout the years. And they wanted that inlaid in the, in the countertop. So for us, we, it was like... I think we kind of... Uh Suggest that to yeah, them yeah, yeah. to make it more special. Like the bird, the little it. bird's eye view yeah. of the island, the space they had was the mm -hmm. shape of a tree. And then, I don't know, because we were doing a lot of like inlays at that time, we said we offered that. And then, yeah, they said they had all this stuff. So it made it super special. So I think it, it, it I mean, yeah, because of Dan's hand, it was tricky. <laughs> Um, but it but it worked fine and uh, it challenged us because it was a big job. Yeah. It was but, like, such a special piece and like the best thing they we've were ever like, done, putting a hundred grand into this kitchen and this was the main focal point right. that they wanted every because uh -huh. they do workshops around it for yeah. their family and yeah. such a unique space and uh -huh. it was just a lot of pressure for us that we felt kind of being like man like we have we have to make yeah. this solid and we even hired another artist to help us do like a branch base for it and it was just a very beautiful. Yeah, I think it's piece. like the most special piece we've ever made. Oh, wow. Like such a good story, like yeah. so lovely. So part of the process of making these these pieces of furniture involves using a lot of tools. I'm guessing a lot of power sanders and, and saws. Was it difficult to learn how to use those tools, the sanders and the, the, the saws and everything? Um, well, like Dan was self-taught and then he passed it on to me. And in the beginning doing charcuterie boards, it wasn't too crazy. Like using mm -hmm. the sanders, right, you get a right, feel right. for it and yeah. you, you know there. But yeah, as you go... I would say, like, for example, that last job, jobs like that, where it, we're like, okay, how do we do that? Then it's like, we got to learn, oh, yeah. there's a tool for that. And that's how we definitely expanded um, the tool to use and the knowledge uh -huh. of that. We, we also like to be more minimalist when it comes to tools. There's a lot of people, woodworkers that have like yeah. the Festool, that's like an $800 sander plus a $1,000, you know, vacuum for that. And like, mm -hmm. we use a $70 DeWalt sander, for hmm. example. So it's like, we feel that. You know, you can make something beautiful and professional, mm -hmm. uh, you know, good craftsmanship with minimal tools. You don't have to have the best of the best, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to do that. So, like, with the tools, yeah, trial and error, and we just self-taught ourselves how to, how to use them. Wow. That's amazing. Do you use any resources when learning, like YouTube videos or uh, books? Or? No, like, like uh, back in the day, I used to use YouTube for, like, siding a house or something. But, like, right. as far as woodworking, it's just more trial and error I like okay, really yeah yeah like I can't if there was someone to give a shout out to I'd say it would be Sal Patron yeah. Construction yeah, <laughs> the yeah, most Sal. but like he doesn't do YouTube videos no 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 <laughs> like like he's in Milton and stuff but like whenever we go there he'll say what are you guys working on and yeah. we'll say oh, we're working on this he's like oh did you know you know this type of wood does this and I uh -huh. can do this and so he's very like he's kind of like our our guru of wood <laughs> so to speak but like we yeah I, I think there's I think what we've noticed too it's like an interesting um you know, there's people that are trained in woodworking and they know how to do like the perfect cuts, the perfect mm -hmm. corners to piece it together. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. obviously, yeah, we don't have that education. So we, you know, we go to those people when we require that. Mm -hmm. But because we are more focused on the artistic side, I think we have a different way of looking at mm -hmm. things sometimes. And if it's not perfect straight angle, mm -hmm. it's okay with us where some people wouldn't right, be able to get right. past that. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned trial and error. Has, has there been a lot of mistakes involved in that? 
there's like learning processes and learning uh -huh. curves. So like sometimes you have to, I remember, uh, I don't even know, like probably four years ago when we first started using resin mm -hmm. a lot. Oh yes. And, it's you know. definitely a learning curve because you know, what happens between resin and wood when the wood's not properly dried and it separates and you don't want to make a, you know, anywhere from a $2,000 to a $10,000 dining table for somebody. And then five yeah. years from now it separates and cracks. Oh, okay. So there's yeah. little things like that, that yeah. we had to learn to perfect uh -huh. that, you know, uh, maybe if we didn't fail, we mm -hmm. wouldn't have kind of learned and grown from that failure if you know what I mean yeah for sure so yeah like you need to be able to so there, to, you're saying there have been some pieces that you've made that have been you've looked at and you've said this is not yeah sale, yeah saleable yeah, yeah. scrap it right just okay. go back to the drawing board okay uh -huh. what do we do wrong let's let's read the instructions better uh -huh. or let's call the manufacturer and say what do we do like well I think when you're working with wood it's like uh, no matter it can be kiln dried but uh -huh. like the reality is it's still a living thing and yeah. it can in, in its own sense and it can move it will always move even okay. if it's and so when dry. you combine it with you know another material material like there can be plastic. some there can be some things that go on there but uh -huh. um yeah so we don't like to use it in huge quantities yeah but it's we, definitely uh, something we yeah. like to use in mod moderation we like to do a lot of river tables with yeah. glass so, those, yeah, so we try really to you know table. move people more towards the more elegant glass yeah. it's going to last longer uh -huh. it's more of a natural Okay. material but like uh which eagle. also has its own movement in okay. little ways yeah where do you get most of your source material our uh, our wood guru friend sal uh -huh. again uh he's uh, all about sustainability mm -hmm. and you know um he doesn't believe he has the same morals and beliefs as us where he doesn't believe in cutting trees down for the yeah. sake of profiting yeah. so he uses a lot of uh, a farmer will call him uh, and say hey a big walnut came down in a storm do you mm -hmm. want it you know he'll slab it up and then we'll go there and and, and hand pick what we need mm -hmm. uh, but we've also recently uh partnered up with another couple deep water wood in mm -hmm. muskoka they live around the corner from us and they scuba dive they have permits to scuba dive in the muskoka lake oh, wow. Sarasa lake lake joseph yeah. and they bring up the old growth trees that have been underwater for over 100 years uh and they uh, kiln dry it slab it up and then we go there and, and and pick certain pieces that we need for certain custom jobs oh that's really cool yeah so it's got like a story all on its own which is mm -hmm. really cool mm -hmm. yeah. people love it local history and they're old growth logs so mm -hmm. when trees could like really grow to their big, full potential so it's beautiful wood yeah and don't quote me on this but part of the process of them being underwater uh the bacteria in the water kind of eat away some of it so the grain is oh, okay. very tight yeah some people often some people when they hear that the, like the deep water wood they mm -hmm. think it's like driftwood it's not driftwood right, Driftwood right. can yeah. be brittle and yeah. this is like dense it's almost yeah. more dense like more it's almost like the water's preserved it over okay. the years yeah. and it's like yeah. and it's just such a tight it just made it so much mm -hmm. tighter it's mm -hmm. just uh like a different process of how the wood is treated yeah. i guess or that's cool yeah. yeah yeah and they tend to be um a lot of like maple oak. a lot of uh -huh. oak ash some pine um but with beautiful like like uh flamed or flame birch we used to work a lot holograms almost oh, in the cool. wood so oh. it's yeah it's almost like the water kind of yeah yeah it, it almost looks like the reflection of the water, the water. i don't know <laughs> it has nothing to do with that i don't think but it's but so it, cool it's it so almost cool. has that yeah in that's it. cool yeah yeah is there something that goes through your mind when you're choosing the wood like does it have to be a certain type of wood a certain age depending what you're making or like uh, like a lot of times somebody will ask us for a, a certain piece and then they'll ask us for a recommendation on the wood type and they'll send us a picture of their space and say i got a lot of oak or i got a lot mm -hmm. of this okay. i like to match it or we have an idea of the 
products that we tend to make, like charcuterie boards. So when we see a piece, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, that'd be perfect for a clock. Or mm -hmm. uh, usually for us, it's the character. So if it has like some what would be deemed as flaws or imperfections, mm -hmm. those mm -hmm. are like the pieces we love. We usually tell them like the weird pieces set aside for us, you know? So, uh -huh. um, because we don't like necessarily the, like the straight, the straight pieces. Ones, yeah. Exactly, uh -huh. yeah. So I think that is a big part of it too. Sometimes it's yeah. just- Yeah, but like wood as well is kind of like, Candace always refers to it as like an onion where mm -hmm. it looks really rough, but then as you peel the layers, okay. as you sand it, as yeah. you plane it, then you see the grain inside right. and you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was there. This oh, is cool. even more cooler than yeah. what I thought. And then it's, you know, it becomes the piece. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so take us through the process of when you get a good piece of wood, turning that into a finished product that you can sell. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess the first thing we do is generally we need to flatten it. Mm -hmm. So in whatever means, um, planing it, sometimes if it's a really big piece, like Dan said, we like to keep it simple, keep it small. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we outsource to our friends that have bigger machines and we'll just rent time using their equipment, mm -hmm. have it flattened. And then um, we, if there are like big cracks, we can fill them with resin if need be. Um, sand, or, well, I guess cut mm -hmm. to whatever needs specifications are required. We sand down through all the grits. Um, and then, well, actually I should have said, uh, if it's, for example, a river table, mm -hmm. then we would router that out by hand, just come up with a design, mm -hmm. create a template for the glass. Uh, the glass is hand cut. And, uh, and then we just have to write it just once again for like a nice fit and then we finish it and we finish it with uh, depends what it is if it's a charcuterie board we use a food grade finish which is a uh, wood butter beeswax. that we make from mm -hmm. local beeswax around the corner mm -hmm. um, and a little bit of coconut oil so it's all food grade safe and then if it's a table we use um, a finish uh, often called one of them that we frequently use is called Osmo and it's mm -hmm. uh, natural finish like an oil based natural finish um plant based that we mm -hmm. yeah that we put on we like to keep it natural keep it like matte unless uh, a unless, customer wants a glossy yeah, right, high okay, shine right, right. which we which don't you try love, to steer but... away from that <laughs> sure. but we can do yeah, yeah. if need be but also like probably the very first step would be to make sure that the wood is kiln dry oh yeah that she forgot to mention but no, sometimes okay. we've we'll go buy wood from people we don't know because we just like to try different sources mm -hmm. and they say oh yeah it's kiln dried and then we come back, we make something out of it, and then it bows and cracks because it wasn't killed uh, properly. Okay. <laughs> so now we have a little reader, we bring that with us, and we'll zap oh, it and wow. make sure that it's at 8% humidity, oh. you know, that way. But like Candace said before, it's always, even even at 8% kiln dry, it can mm -hmm. still slightly move. Uh -huh. Cool. All right, let's talk about your business now. Um, so what led you to make the decision to start the Live Edge Forest business? I know you mentioned just seeing the unused wood mm -hmm. and thinking it could be sold is was there anything else that went involved into you deciding to turn it into a business uh probably the biggest thing is that i was tired for working for other people mm -hmm. <laughs> i wanted to work mm -hmm. for myself or do something mm -hmm. uh you know being more of an entrepreneur Absolutely. kind of uh so that was probably the biggest rule. Um, the tree planting was a good push because it, mm -hmm. you know, kind of made me the person I am today and, you know, hard work and all. And then seeing the process of the trees that were yep. being burnt and stuff. But uh, mainly, I think working, being my own boss and creating my own hours and yeah. kind of leading how I wanted to live my life, you know, whether it's, you know, going camping a lot on my days off uh -huh. or, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. myself, I was already doing different businesses like mm -hmm. i had my studio studio i was making jewelry and mm -hmm. so when we came together it was like a good uh 
combination of skills. Right. And then we share Absolutely. those skills yeah. with each other, and now it's like very. I make jewelry. <laughs> he makes jewelry, and I do woodworking with yeah. large people. Usually, <laughs> think I'm the designer, yeah, yeah. and I don't do it at woodworking, which. Cool. That's, that's, that's one thing that I want to add just to let everybody know is that a lot of people think she's the woman so she's the designer and okay. I'm the man so I'm the woodworker uh -huh. but we do everything together we split the the roles you know that's really cool uh, was there any when you made the decision was there did you have to do any research as far as where you can get wood how much you could sell it for when it's finished that sort of thing did you do a lot of like uh, work and he was selling his items for very cheap when I first met him. I would sell out. I, like, I, would sell out. I sold out all the time. <laughs> but like, like say, say for example, I would back then there was a guy named Bob. Mm -hmm. Bob was a farmer. Bob was an amazing source of wood because he had a whole barn full of it. Right, right. And Bob yeah. would sell walnut for very cheap. So uh -huh. say a five dollar board. I would buy for five dollars. I'd be content selling it for twenty five dollars yeah. and making yeah, twenty bucks. So I was like, yeah. hey, you know, I just made uh -huh. oh, great. You know, but that's where she bought the board for twenty dollars. But so I made money off of her when she bought the board. Just, mm -hmm. just saying. But well, when you start a business, like there's like a lot more things to consider. Oh, yeah, it's not yeah. just like buy and sell materials. Yeah. I'm not saying we're jacking up prices, but Bob is no longer right. <laughs> so things yeah. change and evolve. <laughs> but we had so many clients being like, or like customers being like, "You need to triple your price." Yeah, like, yeah. like they would buy yeah. the board from yeah. me for the twenty five and be like, "You need to triple they, your they price." They feel bad about yeah, it. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> this is an amazing piece. Uh -huh. You need to charge uh -huh. more. And like yeah. you know, so we over the years we've you know took their advice and you know things scaled supply and demand yeah. and you know a lot of people. People say start high and go low, but yeah. for us, for me, anyways, for us, it was go, it was low, and, yeah. and now we are pushing we, it up and see how. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we are yeah. Where we're at. So, what kind of planning and setup went into the business when you started, as far as the website, finding customers, that sort of thing? What what sort of work did you have to do then? Uh, Candice uh, took design at York, uh, so she was amazing with the website mm -hmm. aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, she always called me the the creative supervisor or the yeah, supervisor. Uh, name. He just sits behind me and he'd be like, <laughs> "Could you move the A over there and then put a dash here?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> she took control over that, but. Uh, as far as marketing, I feel we branded everything with our right, logo right. and okay. Instagram. Ourselves. We kind of uh -huh. and ourselves. But everybody would. We got into seven high-end restaurants in yeah. London with charcuterie boards, and uh -huh. that's what kind of blew us up on Instagram. And everybody yeah. would post and tag us, uh -huh. and we kind of grew a following from there. But and how then, we did that was we just love charcuterie oh, yeah. boards, okay. so we would yeah. like go out, you know, to have a drink and, yeah. and order the charcuterie board. And if it came on like a a plate, we would uh -huh. be like, here's our brochure. You're like, wait a second. Here's yeah, a brochure. This is a beautiful board. <laughs> you, got, you got duck pate and you know, like. Uh -huh. uh, and then one place even actually, cause we were, well, we started doing like, um, you know, cause we served charcuterie boards. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to start selling, um, we sourced locally some nice jams and different mm -hmm. like things that go on charcuterie boards. So yeah, this one restaurant asked for our suggestions, and mm -hmm. then they actually started serving the jams that we were selling. Oh, cool. Like it was, yeah. yeah. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Like, the marketing kind of like we never really paid for marketing yeah. or advertisement. It kind yeah. of just organically grew how it grew with yeah. the brand. So it was it was all about the branding, and and we kind of learned that on okay. our own, you know, just from so watching Dragon's brand, Den. Branding was very important, the logo, <laughs> the logo, <laughs> yeah, everything, yeah, yeah, like your bodies. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> we, we started doing like apparel and screen printing uh -huh. ourselves and then like yeah. our designs were cool and people wanted to buy the shirts oh, and the hats and then we kind uh, of, all of London, uh, you know, kind of knew us really from there. Cool. And, yeah. 
That seems a lot of, uh, some people might say that's putting the cart before the horse, right? First you <laughs> figure out your product and then you brand, do the yeah. brand yeah, work, yeah. but maybe it works better that way. Maybe selling t-shirts and hats and things like that. I think it was the timing. To, it was yeah. interesting because it was a couple, now everyone's doing like t-shirts and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a big explosion of that. Mm -hmm. Everyone's mm -hmm. doing that. And this is when we started, it was like maybe four years ago and we just, um, I, I think we just, I don't know, I like doing crafty things, so like I was like, mm -hmm. we could do screen, screen printing, and I had this mm -hmm. huge space, so we would be literally like at night in my yoga studio, like screen, screen printing, printing, and then hanging shirts all over <laughs> the place, and then, you know. You gotta put in the I, hours, you gotta put in the hours mm -hmm. to see the results, yeah, like for we, sure, yeah. we really made it like a lifestyle thing, yeah. so even though we're doing woodworking, like I said, we're uh -huh. still catering to, we're making yoga goods, yeah. it was like a cool camping. woodworking kind yeah. of, like, it wasn't just a furniture maker, it was like, oh, like they're kind it of was doing, hipster, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lifestyle, it was, it was, it was really good for that well, yeah London has a good crowd I would definitely say the whole cart before the horse thing because it's like okay now you're doing apparel yeah. uh, but we didn't go full scale we were doing it on like a, a level a like we scale. were doing it right. ourselves right. so we weren't like ordering hundreds of yeah, shirts yeah, and paying yeah. we were getting shirts that like but it's like it's like very uh, like uh, cool because when we were doing markets for example uh -huh. there'd be an apparel company next to us and we were selling more than the oh, apparel wow. company mm -hmm. we're a wood company yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. like a charcuterie board yeah. and like a bench and like a coat hanger company mm -hmm. with a few apparel but we would kill mm -hmm. it and they mm -hmm. would be like kind of like you know looking over and be like how are they selling stuff and we're not kind of mm -hmm. thing and that's what they did for a living so yeah. I don't know it worked it worked out for us yeah you mentioned you have to put in the hours at first how many hours do you think you were putting into oh. this business when you were just starting out even like, still now I yeah know. like like even now like we've we've uh we're a couple we work together we live together mm -hmm. uh it, we just like it's our passion like yeah it's fun for us so when yeah. something's fun for you it doesn't seem like work so we've probably uh -huh. i would a say un unlimited even, hours like i don't even know every day like even now i'm thinking about <laughs> our uh -huh. shop and what am i gonna do after uh -huh. you know like uh -huh. it's, it's just mm -hmm. i don't know we like to work, so it's not, it doesn't seem, well, well we like to do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We like what we're doing, yeah. yeah, yeah, but a lot, and not all, and I would say on the other side uh -huh. of that, not all of it is, like, fun and games, because there's, like, the side of, like, accounting, or, like, receipts. taxes and receipts, which, um, like, I yeah. hate, but I, Dan, maybe even more hate, so yep. it follows on me, so those are, like, the hats you have to wear, <laughs> Sorry, right, like, yeah. you kind of have to do those things, too, which I, that always gets pushed aside, but but a lot of people else. will just uh -huh. you know pawn that off yeah. from the account and stuff, right? yeah. and like but like we like we do to, we have an account. Yeah. Well, but now we do, but at first, at first yeah. we didn't. At no. first we didn't, and no. like we kind of want to do it. Yeah. Like we, you have to learn how to do that. Yeah. Kind of do. Stuff. Yeah. So That's, it's like it was. Yeah. yeah, that seems like a major part of running a business is learning that kind of stuff, and uh, even if you don't want to, yeah. um, how do you learn those extra skills? Whether it's accounting or. I guess customer service would be another right. one. Or, or sales. sales. Like how do you make sales. it, but how do you yeah. sell it, right? Yeah. 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 How did you learn those extra skills that are needed? Ooh. I think because like we tend to, I mean, what we do, it's very authentic. It's like mm -hmm. very us. So in us just speaking about it, yeah. that's the best sale pitch is when we just are naturally talking to a customer and like telling them about ourselves, mm -hmm. telling about our work. They love that. They yeah. love the story. Just yeah. the discussion with the, Telling your story and, I think and being, being very authentic. Authentic, like like yeah. like even yeah. like just kind of jumping into van life a bit, yeah. like some of the van life followers that we right, have, right. like there's some that aren't authentic and then uh -huh. you just unfollow them, you're like, Oh man. Uh -huh, but then uh -huh. the ones that are authentic that provide the, the authentic content, yeah. You're like, I wanna follow them. Yeah. Like these yeah, guys, absolutely. you know, like yeah. they could have, you know, ten thousand less followers than mm -hmm. the the ones that aren't authentic, mm -hmm. but you enjoy watching them more because they're authentic. So mm -hmm. it's kind of mm -hmm. the natural 
you agree? So, so yeah. it's the classic be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 Be yourself. Be yourself. Uh-huh. Not fake uh, it till you make it. Some people, yeah. that, that works for some people. Fake yeah. it till you make it kind of thing. Manifest uh-huh. that. You know, you're the best and yeah. you might become well, the best. Well, you don't think you're the best. I think a bit fake it till you make it, of course, at some Modestly. point. Not be fake modest. yourself. Just be modest. Fake, uh-huh. Be modest. Yeah. yeah. Open to learning yeah. and to making sure. mistakes. And yeah, like, we're not professional uh, woodworkers that went to school yeah. and, you know, yeah. I don't no. have a ticket for that, but I have a ticket of a bunch of other yeah. things and, you know, I'm trial and error is the best way to do it. Yeah, I could see that. Um, no, that's, that's really uh, interesting because I think a lot of people see on social media, there's a lot of... Um, I don't want to say phony, but there's a lot of people who like to show how good they are, show that they're experts, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people do really crave authenticity when it comes to the, totally agree. Uh, the businesses they support and also the people they follow on social yeah. media and people that they deal with and that sort of thing. Yeah. So beyond just learning all these extra skills, is there any, are there any challenges or difficulties in running a business that, that many of us newbies wouldn't think about you know i think everyone thinks oh it's so great you work for yourself but like you have to understand like you miss a day of work and or whatever and you Mm -hmm. don't get paid or you don't like there's there's no not those those kind of safety nets that you maybe have with a job you don't have under you Mm -hmm. right so that's one side of it but i still wouldn't trade that for Mm -hmm. having the freedom to work for ourselves Mm Yeah, but it's something to consider and it's, you know, you're knowing you gotta, you, you know, you gotta like really ignite the fire under you. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta be passionate because if no one's on cracking the whip yeah. on you or, you know, no one's like checking your time mm-hmm. clock, it's up to you to I initiate. I check your time clock. Well, <laughs> I got the to, whip. Uh, <laughs> I got the whip out. <laughs> the manager over here. The manager. Micromanager. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. So, so how do you stay motivated? How do you motivate yourself to get up at a certain time every morning and, and do the work that needs to be done rather than just, I don't know, dick around? And, yeah, that's a good point. You know. I think, I think like setting your, setting goals for yourself, like, yeah. you, like, you know, like for us, like we've discussed, you know what, we're going to bust a move this summer and we're going to work hard and, yeah. you know, and then mm-hmm. winter time we have our van, we're going to take off, we're yeah. going to, okay. you know, go to BC, get yeah. inspired again, go in the uh-huh. forest. So like for us, it's like a lot of we work hard and well we don't party hard but yeah that work you know, hard party hard relaxing. mentality yeah. yeah so you have uh i guess rewards that you set yeah. aside yeah. rewards that motivate you yeah yeah hmm. i think too and this is a big thing for us especially where we live because it's very seasonal mm-hmm. it's getting a sense of our rhythms of the season which mm-hmm. i believe in rhythms of our day rhythms outside of work mm-hmm. of just life you know mm-hmm. but um getting to know that. I think in the first we were stumbling over ourselves and just Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, it's Christmas and oh my gosh, the season before that can be, you get these surprises, but now we know, okay, this is our season. This Uh is when we're very busy. This is when we have lulls Uh and it's key, right? And so now after it's, we're on our fifth year, now we have like a better handle on that. So we have a better scope of the year and when we need to like dig in hard and when we can kind of like... Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. How important is it, was it to un have an idea of who your customer was at first. Was that an important part of, of uh, running the business or? I think like in the beginning, and even still now in some ways we have something for everyone, yeah. but in some ways, but I think it is important to know, okay, well, what do we want to do? Do we want to be like hammering out uh-huh. smaller items, right? Or do we want to focus on these bigger artistic mm-hmm. pieces where we have more free range? And so knowing what you want to do and, mm-hmm. and we could kind of shift towards that, which mm-hmm. we like to do the custom, mm-hmm. bigger, artistic furniture pieces and often people after seeing our work they have like an appreciation for it and then they they have their 
general guidelines, but they mm -hmm. give us the artistic freedom to kind of do our thing, which is, mm -hmm. I love that. Which, that's what I love doing. Which has formulated in the past few years, mm -hmm. like yeah. uh, forwarding back three years, you know, we were furniture makers, mm -hmm. woodworkers. Mm -hmm. uh, we won a couple big awards for mm -hmm. excellence in furniture in a prestigious, mm -hmm. you know, Muskoka Arts and Crafts juried show. Uh, and it's a show where there's a lot of potters and painters and it's kind of the older generation, mm -hmm. very old school. And we were the young, the young bucks, you mm -hmm. know, uh, that won the awards two years yeah. in a row. After that, we became artists and now everybody mm -hmm. started kind of, it was a word of mouth. So it's kind of cool jumping from, you know, woodworker, furniture maker to mm -hmm. a different category, yeah. which we still see ourselves as. And I think we're just, just makers yeah. in general, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, mm -hmm. if somebody wants to call me an artist and, and you know, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the compliment. But like, mm -hmm. it, so the custom stuff came from that, which was nice. It was kind of very nice to. Well, mm -hmm. I think we're refining what we do. It's, it's like the yeah, wood refining. has such a deep story. Yeah. Um, now we're incorporating like other elements like stone that we collect uh -huh. as we like do our travels travel across you know? Canada. Oh, cool. So it's, so it's yeah. like we're bringing more intention into the pieces we make and like more elements of a story that mm -hmm. um, people appreciate and they want yeah. to. So oh. mm -hmm. cool. Uh, a lot of people see young people like yourself starting businesses and being their own bosses and they think I want to do that. Do you have any advice to people like this besides what we've already talked about? Uh, yes. The biggest piece of advice I would say is that you need to be able to uh, be okay with failing. Uh -huh. You need to be able to, and like you, you'll, you'll hear a lot of other people that have been successful in life yep. is that you need yep. to fail yep. in order to grow. If you haven't failed mm -hmm. several times, there's no way that you're going to yep. get to point B or C mm -hmm. without, mm -hmm. you know, screwing up point A or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and there'll be days like you go through cycles at times you're like, this is an amazing idea. And then like two days later, you're like, what the hell am I doing? So like you have to really be able to kind of like ebb and flow with that right, right. because it, and, and also like it depends on your surroundings So surround uh -huh. yourself around not people that are doing the same thing as you, but maybe people that are also in the process doing their own business mm -hmm. because it can get your, sometimes you're doing it at home. It can get a bit lonely, get a bit inside your head and like, what mm -hmm. am I doing? So I think it's important to, um, stay grounded in that way yeah. and just be very clear on what you're trying to do. And you know, cause it's easy for people to have outside judgments yeah. and opinions yeah. in anything in mm -hmm. life, of course, yeah. but especially when you're trying to kind of carve your own way in that sense. Hmm. And you gotta be okay with the haters. There's always going to be yeah. haters Absolutely. Yeah. and makers are going to make and haters are going to hate. And that's just how it goes. <laughs> uh -huh. So how did you get over that fear of failure? Because that's something that comes up a lot in this podcast is people don't start things. They don't learn things because they're afraid of, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work out. Yeah. So how did you get over that fear of failure? Uh, I think just failing, just failing, and just, just like, doing. I don't think failing. I think just no, doing. Yeah. Doing, yeah, yeah. just doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. just saying, doing oh, something. Oh yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah. Okay, I need to do it this this yeah. way, and being okay with that. Whether you know it was a big loss of money, yeah. or yeah. a big loss of materials, you just have to. Yeah, because when you do it, it you don't think you're going to fail, but it's after you do it, then you're like, oh, okay. That was yeah. a failure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did I buy purple shirts for? Oh, okay. you know, like, or, or just whatever, <laughs> like for whatever the yeah. reason is, right? Just but. realizing you need to pivot. And you made such a success out of this business. That's awesome. Okay. And from that, I guess the motivate, part of the motivation of that is being able to travel in your van. Yeah. Part time. Yes. And that sort of keeps you going. That gives you your rewards at the end of the day, yeah. that, at yeah. the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about living in your van now, <laughs> which is, it's trendy now. I've, I have students that write about how they want to do this someday. So it's oh, becoming cool. more trendy. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Very But yeah, so how, uh, how did you set up your van? What, 
what went into that part of it? I think it's important to, sorry, I'll, I'll dive in and then you can talk yeah, about how we absolutely. set it up. I think it's important to, um, to note the van for us was uh, an opportunity to escape. We mm -hmm. do a lot of shows on the road. We also just kind of, we like to go on the road a lot. So it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to have, you know, a place to call our home wherever we are mm -hmm. and to kind of collect things as we go. Um, it's a bit of a showroom on wheels mm -hmm. for us as well because mm -hmm. it's literally as all of our work as we built it. Yeah. Um, with the help of some friends as well. Um, but just, yeah, a showroom purposes and... Uh... Escape, like for me, for me, uh, I just love to be able to uh, jump in the vehicle, drive anywhere, mm -hmm. park anywhere, mm -hmm. which is actually harder than people think. So people that right. are wanting to do van life, <laughs> it, it, it's you not to, like the shows uh, show it or the, you know, like the You can't just channels. park on Instagram like some photos. random road. No, no, like, like van life could be like, you uh, know, beautiful mountain ocean yeah. views or a Walmart parking lot, <laughs> right? So there's a kind of you different spectrums, but yeah, like to be okay. able to, uh, kind of not really escape, but to be able to just kind of have the freedom, right, I would right, say right. Uh -huh. to, you know, I'm yeah. going to go over here. I'm going to go over there uh, uh -huh. and, and do what I want to do. But again, it's like a, a reward for us, which is uh -huh. kind of cool. So we build up to that, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. like, uh, yeah. Oh, but setting it up was, uh, we did a lot of research. We yeah. watched, we, a lot the of whole research. winter before okay. we did it, we were just like, watching YouTube videos yeah. and like basically building the uh, the van in our minds beforehand. Uh -huh. Okay. Like putting tape down on our living room floor to tape off the a space. A 13 foot set, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, where's the cabinet gonna go? Uh -huh. Where's this gonna go? And like, we've seen a lot of van builds and there's different layouts yeah. with a shower. We didn't uh -huh. want a shower because we thought, hey, right. gym membership, we're gonna be active. We can, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> do all this other stuff, which which kind of worked for a bit. And then yeah. certain, certain fit for lesses don't have showers. And you're like, oh, we just worked out and there's no shower. And, but uh, but yeah, Trial go back to, go back to our van all sweaty. And <laughs> go back to the van all sweaty, but but we have baby wipes. Not kind of friends. There's like there. different tips and stuff. There's, but, there's uh, hacks, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Baby, yeah. yeah. baby wipes. The knowing wet, people, wet knowing and, people across the country. That okay, you can that be helps. Like, Hello. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Ocean, ocean or lakes are nice for for a yeah, nice yeah, bath yeah, and stuff, depending yeah. on the time of year. But. Okay. Was there a lot of work spent into? creating all the little cabinets and things in your van to make it yeah yeah like we we probably spent like like probably about eight or nine months collecting things on right. amazon firstly after okay. doing after doing a year uh -huh. of research you know like mm -hmm. oh like we need a sink we need mm -hmm. you know propane tank that goes mm -hmm. underneath these are all things that you can't find anywhere else except for amazon right. okay which well, we've learned through especially where we live I would especially say. well yeah 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 but like all the other van lifers Pretty much, you watch a couple van lifers, and you're like, okay, the 12 by 24 propane tank, I need that. Yeah. I need okay. this type of pump, water pump mm -hmm. for my sure flow pump for my for my water system. I need this, mm -hmm. I need that. So there's certain things that you have to get mm -hmm. from Amazon, unless right. unless you know, like marine shops might be another yeah, okay. good option for you know. Or RV sales. Or RVs, places. but we wanted to go solar, uh -huh. so everything. So we're oh, completely wow. off grid. Mm -hmm. We have. Uh, space in our van for about a month worth of food mm -hmm. uh, oh a month or two depending if we just want to eat rice or whatever <laughs> <laughs> a bag of rice goes a long way but True. yeah so it's uh and there was a, a lot process. of work in planning it out because you have such a small amount of space so you yeah. want to make every Absolutely. inch count yeah. so um yeah or planning out how it'd be organized and making use of the space and like deciding what was important and what we mm -hmm. needed and i think if anyone's going to do a van build you want you don't just wing it i mean yeah. some elements we we did wing we in building it. it because it's not a square it's like a nothing square in a yeah. van so when you're building it it's it's everything is you know kind eh. of 
Mickey Mouse. Oh, okay. Not Mickey Mouse, just well, fitting to what it is. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not a perfect fit. No, yeah, so when you yeah, kind yeah. of work with it that way, but it's not as layout. You uh-huh. kind of, you definitely want to. But there's know certain what you key need. things you need to do. Insulation's a big thing, okay. especially yeah, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Electrical's another big thing. You want mm-hmm. to make sure everything's good before you put up the walls and the insulation, because yep. once that's done, there's no going back. Huh. You know, so for us, we wanted the solar on top. Solar powers all yep. our lights, everything. Uh, propane underneath that uh, powers our furnace, which yep. within five minutes it's toastier than anything. Oh wow! And then we also the propane does our, our uh, gas uh, oven or a propane oven as well. Uh-huh. So that's our, our cooking and our furnace. Huh. And then we have a Dometic fridge freezer combo that slides out. That's in a, nicely in a cabinet, yep. and that's our fridge freezer, which mm-hmm. is you know controlled by an app on our phone. So <laughs> everything is everything is pretty. Uh, pretty legit legit (laughs) legit, and we're good for yeah for any type of road trip wow that sounds amazing was it difficult deciding what items to bring like did you have to make any difficult decisions such as i don't want to i want to bring this but i can't it doesn't fit Uh, it is it is there is things like that because it's very minimalist so like you know like when we're like should we bring our ukuleles or a mini Mm -hmm. guitar it's like Mm, we did though we did you know, you made, you made, you made, we did we did we, we made space for it but like you know certain things like uh, yeah we are in a van but yeah. we also brought our tent in case we wanted to park the van somewhere and tent out on a beach right, or right. you can't always just drive yeah, a van yeah. on a on uh-huh. a beach so we did have certain things like that hammocks but uh, clothing wise when we went out west it was winter time so we were uh-huh. like do, do we bring our big parka yeah. or do we bring so we opted for you know just a smaller soft shell jacket and sweaters and layers instead uh-huh. of uh, you know, bringing a big parka. So certain things. We, and yeah. I already, uh, every time, I don't know, if you go, when people who camp and stuff like that, you, yeah. I don't know, it's like maybe sometimes you think you need more, but you don't. It's like You always wear the we same plan, thing anyways yeah. that day. Like yeah. you bring three and shirts, three underwear, you're like, and no. Not, and not always every day. Like you have your, okay, I'm going to go out, so maybe I'll have like a normal thing and then a comfier thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, there's laundromats. You do laundry mm-hmm. every few days. Yeah. So I think, you know, even though we have such a small space to put our clothing, like if you look at our closet space, People are probably like, oh, wow. But I feel like we had more than what we needed. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like you know, I, I probably bought, like, or brought three, you know, a long johns, three, you know, sweaters, this huh. and that. And, like, I probably only wore one or two of them. Yeah. We brought, she brought a nice dress. I brought a nice... We're like you know, New Year's. It's going to be like, New Year's. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, go out. we didn't wear any. <laughs> we were on the really. beach, though. Yeah, we were on the beach, fireworks, <laughs> all that stuff. But like, we never wore any of that stuff. And like, most of my stuff is still packed away in the cabinets and that we never use. So it's... Yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised. But now we know for for this next yeah. winter what to bring. Again, trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything you didn't bring that you would bring a second time on that note? Well, we didn't uh, because we were going out west. We actually our goal was to get uh, to bring one of our coffee tables and get it in a gallery out west. Mm-hmm. And the night it was kind of cool. The night we manifested. That yeah, one. we're like, shoot, because okay, so we now as we're going across the country, our whole closet is taken up by this table that we. You know, river table with a piece oh, of glass wow. as well well we had so. it had it in pieces yeah. and uh, we're like okay well, we've got to find somewhere for it and then the first night in Canmore which is kind of what yeah. our goal was we were out walking our dog and then we met a gallery owner we uh-huh. just didn't realize he was like shoveling the sidewalk and then Dan went inside anyways it turned out serendipitously that he was like absolutely <laughs> so, and then the next day we brought the table yeah. and he's like I love it and oh, it's wow. there for sale now and, yeah. so because of that we didn't bring our snowboards because uh-huh. we were like we have oh, the table oh yeah the snowboards is something we would have brought okay, for sure okay. definitely yeah, yeah. Yes. you're going out west through we, BC yeah, yeah. And the idea was, oh, we mm-hmm. can rent, which yeah. of course you can do, but then yeah. that's like a huge cost. So yeah. I think, I don't know, like, it's not saying it would change anything. I think that was 
that was one thing. And then the other thing is that we didn't have enough time because we had a deadline. Yeah. Uh, so everything was built, but we wanted to put a cedar deck on the roof, oh, which wow. would have been cool to be able to get up there on certain uh -huh. ocean views and just yeah, like yeah. chill on a chair or just uh -huh. suntan or whatever. Or we could have put our snowboards on the roof. So okay. that's something we would have given ourselves more time. Anybody who's planning a van, a van build, yeah. give yourself like an extra two months. Like if, okay. you're, you're gonna get it, if you think you're going to get it done in like, yeah. you know, uh, two months, you're how long did your your van build take so this is the thing too we got the van in the end of july, july but that was yeah. like in the heat of our like show season yeah, where yeah. we have markets it's our busiest uh -huh. time of year and uh our deadline was uh to le oh we left like december 1st mm -hmm. so uh so did but it take us like three and a half months at I think. Well, that's July till then is almost it's well, like, five months. We, but didn't, we didn't start it in July. No, we all. didn't. Like, we like didn't seriously sat. start it till September. Mm -hmm. It like sat there for a bit. So September, October, November. But we were still waiting for certain things because mm -hmm. like have to do the insulation and electrical first. But we were waiting through Amazon. But I would say like give yourself four to five months to build okay. something okay. like a van. Yeah. And what about budget? If you don't mind me asking, what do you think the Ooh. budgeting is yeah. for building a van? I think if somebody wants a... Basic seems like such a bad word. Or, or, basic, or, or, yeah. Or, or, I mean, you give us a range from basic yeah. to yeah. Okay, so like uh, for yeah, like something luxury. something basic, you yeah. know, you could probably get away with like seven grand. Uh huh. I think like inside, like inside the van. When you consider stuff. that the yeah. solar is like two grand, right? The fridge freezer, which runs off of solar, which is key because it's an e it's not which like a normal. Which we got the best of the best, okay, and, okay. and that one was yeah, eighteen hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. You know, like so, like you could get one for nine hundred without a freezer. Mm -hmm. Or you could just get a normal bar fridge, like some people would do, but then it's going to eat up a lot of your electricity, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. there's that's part of the the research that we did is a normal fridge. The second you open it, you lose eighty percent of that cool coldness. A okay. cooler when yeah. you open it, it you're only losing five percent because okay, everything okay. stays huh. colder lower right oh, okay. so that's why we want the fridge freezer okay. combo huh. uh so Makes things sense. like that other, kind what of was other up. big other big purchases was like the propane tank yeah. which furnace. was eight hundred dollars the furnace was eight hundred dollars uh -huh. so things build up and then the live edge that we have on like i think we spent uh 15 on ours on the inside of ours okay. yeah. but that's luxurious Being, everything like, beautiful that's luxury, that's so luxury. luxury. Yeah. seven grand is basic 15 is luxury yeah, yeah. mind yeah. you we yeah. did a lot of that work ourselves too so if right. you had to pay someone to do the okay, woodwork okay. that could bring it up did you run into any difficulties on did it break down at all or did anything happen uh, on the road no, no. like no 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 it was fine like uh, yeah. it's a front wheel drive yeah. which is better than back wheel the mercedes are i think 30 or 40 grand more but they're uh -huh. four wheel drive so you could drive so, onto okay. more areas yeah so yeah, yeah. Stuff. And, like we drove yeah. across canada funny story we drove all the way across canada <laughs> in the, Canmore, winter. Banff, in the uh -huh. winter everything was fine didn't get stuck once we come home uh, -huh. uh and we get stuck in our driveway <laughs> <laughs> no way. We, we had to call CAA and they wow. had to pull it us out foot because we were just spinning. The front wow. wheels were spinning and it created ruts. So, yeah. yeah, all across Canada, no issues. Here, get stuck. I'd say that's pretty good luck. Pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Is, yeah. there, is there anything else that was difficult about um, living in your van? You mentioned you use gyms to shower. That's pretty resourceful, I'd say. Yeah, yeah we got a, uh -huh. a Fit for Less membership. Uh -huh. And, Which you know, great. most, yeah. you know, some provinces only have one location, but generally it's like the main capital city. So yeah. on the route at West, it generally worked. Mm -hmm. yeah, or sometimes is... you, 
you end up uh, staying at a campground, uh-huh. and then they, they have, have showers, showers for yep. a dollar, mm-hmm. right? And you do, we didn't uh, when we did that. We when we stayed at those places, we did that. Mm-hmm. We often tried to like we took advantage of their laundry facilities yeah. and did laundry and okay. stuff like that. But I think the only time on their drive back yeah. was we were in Kenora uh-huh. and uh, we ran out of propane. <laughs> and it was a Sunday night. So Sunday night, open. it was minus twenty nine, oh, sh- and but but we did go to Timmy's and fill up our Nalgene's with boiling water oh, nice. and, because we couldn't boil water, but. Uh, and we just slept like that. But we were fine between the two of yeah, us and the dog. We, we like, didn't. we were pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You took the dogs, too, huh? Just That's, one, just yeah. One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Atlas was too old to uh, jump okay. up and out of the van. So uh-huh. we had Achi. And, like, if we had the van here, we'd show you underneath uh-huh. our bed, there's a, a a little doggy door. And then when that opens, it, it, it doubles as our dining table. Yeah. So oh, then cool. he goes in and out. Oh, cool. And then we kind of have that. But, yeah, he was... Yeah. Was it was it cramped at all with two people and a dog? Not at all. I mean, most of the day we're out of the van. Yeah. Really, right, right. for the most part, and then when you're in it, it's like yeah, like I don't know, it just works. Sleeping, yeah, or just chilling. Uh-huh. Like, like you're a tall person as well uh-huh. as Candace. Yeah, and like yeah. she's she's totally fine. fine. She's sleeping yeah. fine as well. So there's yeah. plenty of space to jump up. Okay. Yeah. What did you What did you eat usually? What was your typical meal? Oh. Tacos were tacos, tacos were a good one because yeah. shrimps were easy to fry right, up right, and right. like you know a little taco a and like a lot of veggies and stuff. Like uh, soups, like yeah, because we were not like a soup that you're gonna cook all day long, but like usually like a. Like kind of like a Vietnamese soup with some bok choy or some okay, veggies okay, thrown yeah, in there, yeah. and just yeah. kind of you know. Did uh, you have prepared foods a lot, or was it just stuff in your freezer that you cooked from yeah, scratch? Yeah, from scratch. First? I think I think next time we would kind of maybe prep some veggies right. or like mm-hmm. do certain things that we could freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like our freezer just had more like sausages for like campfires and right. stuff like that, so we could yeah. have like an open fire. Yeah. And we did a lot of cooking outside the van. Yeah, but uh, I did a lot of like overnight oats, which is like nice for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 easy yeah. on the go kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And 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 we tried to eat very uh, little uh, takeout uh-huh. as much as we could, and try to kind of yeah, unless we were celebrating or we wanted to check out like a local spot. A lot of cheese fondue. Yeah. Oh, we just fondue. Got, we had fondue for the first wow. time in Bam. Bam, We were like we're all about it. It was like rattlesnake meat or. Like, but like certain meats that you can get, yeah. like very high end ones, and bamf, the and then Grizzly we went there house. at the Grizzly House, amazing <laughs> spot. And then after that, we were addicted to wherever we saw the fondue, we would buy it, and we just did, and then we would just do it ourselves. Cast iron pans are cool. our key. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how much driving did you do typically oh, each day? Dan's a fiend. I uh-huh. will just say, I never have, I did drive the van once at West. Uh, but I'm a bit nervous to drive it. Mm-hmm. I don't love driving anyways, and I'm... Mm-hmm. She's a longboard when we were in London. I, uh, she I never owned a car until she mm-hmm. met me, so... Mm-hmm. So I don't love driving. Um, so Dan did all the driving, and he's a machine. He's very, like, desti- He's like... Wake up! I want to go! So he can speak to that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would say, like, if it was up to me, I I would do, like, eight to eight to ten hours a day okay. just to kind yeah. of get us there quicker but yeah. because we were you know leisurely taking our time and there was no rush and it was in the winter like I think we would drive around five to six hours a yeah. day but the interesting part or the kind of weird part is that during the winter time as people know it you know the sun like in by Alberta four, by 4 30 like it was getting yes, dark so like we had dark. to stop uh-huh. so we would drive you know like maybe we would leave around 9 uh-huh. or 10 a.m yeah. and then drive and stop around two or three right. because we're like oh no like we need to uh-huh. find a spot I'm definitely more of the mindset of like just kind of, although I wasn't driving, so I right. should, I couldn't I can't really <laughs> be like up on the I'm more of like let's just check out thing. this place where we are like let's just go here and do this for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so it was a good balance between uh-huh. the two I think because I would I would be like we gotta stop in this town and like check this yeah. out and stay for a bit right and just be a little more not powering through because really we didn't really have a, a that destination or itinerary. Yeah, no, no. Uh-huh. 
So which is the beauty of it. Like yeah. you could drive an hour, find a cool spot, and be yeah. like, I'm gonna stay here stay for a here, week, yeah. or I'm gonna uh-huh. stay here for a day, uh-huh. and then keep going, kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. did you stop a lot on the way for bathroom breaks or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Bath- like, or just like little hikes because we had yeah. Achi with us. Yeah. So that was my mm-hmm. main thing. Is like you know, first thing in the day, we gotta get him out for mm-hmm. like a decent walk, which was amazing. And I, I mean, he's a husky, so yeah. he needs the kind of like that. It's just an amazing way to like. Learn about a place. Yeah. You know, you're out walking your dog because you want to walk. In. I mean, not that you know, you want to walk anyway, sure, but you have a dog, you gotta walk him, and you discover uh-huh. like little things along the way. So that was like our main thing. It's all part of like exploring and stuff. But the interesting thing is that we have a Dometic uh, five-gallon toilet <laughs> that we could use. <laughs> never, used never used it oh, once really? on our yeah. west trip. Also, our sink we never used once. Really, Candace made an awesome like spray that we would just after we would eat, we would spray disinfect uh-huh. our plates kind of clean them yeah. and then put them away like huh. so not once did we use either of really? those two things so they're still brand new in the and, van and the water in our sink would have froze because it's not like mm-hmm. we're in the van all day with the heat on mm-hmm. so like that all froze so yeah just it was like all, it was food grade it's like essential oils and like vinegar and lemon and stuff so it, worked out it, it just mm-hmm. ended yeah. up doing that which mm-hmm. was good so. sounds like quite the adventure <laughs> what, what were some of the most memorable moments from uh, this trip out west Huh. I think for me, like I've 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 gone to BC a couple times uh-huh. a year. Sometimes I fly there right. alone and leave Candace to work, uh, or sometimes <laughs> we'll drive together. But like I think Port Renfrew, BC, just being able to see the ocean or seeing uh-huh. like you know, it's almost like seeing an old pal, you yeah. know, like seeing a familiar uh-huh. face. Uh-huh. For me, that puts me on cloud nine. Like I could uh-huh. be something tragic could happen in my life, and you place me on that beach, and I'll just you know look up at the the sky and then hear the waves and I'm on cloud nine like it's just uh mm-hmm. for me it's very memorable because there's it's a magical spot for me growing up and I've yeah. been there many times after planting but and we spent Christmas there so it was very oh, lovely wow. and it was cool to see building up to it um on the point there was a spot that every day there'd be maybe like one or two cars of surfers at mm-hmm. that point other than that the beach was pretty like empty mm-hmm. um and we were there maybe a week before Christmas so we were you know we saw the whole progression and then literally like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, families, yeah. surfers, so many it was people. Just, it was crazy. It was like and everyone adjusted. going surfing at the point, or and then a couple like we just you know you get to know the people in your little camp area, yep. and there was a couple that ended up next to us that had a dog, so our dogs got along. They were there on their honeymoon, which is a cool part of yeah, honeymoon yeah. is that you meet interesting people oh, yeah. that are you know. And so like they had all these like gifts of like cool like delicacies that their friends had gifted uh-huh. them, and then we so we just like did Christmas Eve together, and like just like a hodgepodge of people that we met. Yeah. Along the way and like we made a Christmas out of like a uh, Christmas tree out of like Trip stacked wood. driftwood yeah, cool. and she had her bouquet and we put like her bouquet and then ferns and all stuff we found and they made like a like, Christmas tree they gave us like a like a little box of like a bottle of booze uh-huh. chocolates and then they had some THC infused like creamer. Baileys oh, nice. Baileys that yeah. you know we put in our coffee yeah, and it, was just, it was really nice it was, it was very nice. lovely yeah yeah, yeah. I think a cool thing too to add another like memory is like uh, especially that time of year like um we're in Tofino. It can be. It's a beautiful spot, mm-hmm. but that time of year can be very like the waves were like tumultuous. It wasn't even really like surfable mm-hmm. weather. It was like crazy. But then New Year's Day, uh, the sun was out. It was like beautiful. Like I don't know, just on New Year's Day, it was like super the day sunny, before. It was like a freak snowstorm in Tofino, and it never snows in Tofino. Right. So like it was a, a weird snowstorm, yeah. and then it was very rainy. But then we got there, and it was blue skies, and it was huh. beautiful. It was kind of like. Just a good- First day of the year, like super <laughs> excellent. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. <laughs> so 
So why, why did you decide to do this? What was the motivation here? Was it a camping thing? You'd always done camping or was it more just seeing the country in a different way? Yeah, I think like a combination of yeah, a lot of things. A little bit of both. Like I grew yeah. up camping around the Muskoka area and Candace uh, did not. Um, <laughs> but, but, but together like... Traveling. Uh, I always traveling, like traveling. Travel, yeah, yeah. Um, I think being able to have the freedom right. to just... Not pick have up to and catch planes. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Just pick up and go and drive. Whether you drive five minutes down the road yeah. by a lake or yeah. you know five days across the country, mm-hmm. and just to be in a spot is kind of cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it was the yeah, means for us to make that more accessible for ourselves because you know not that you don't always have to have, but sometimes yeah you you need a hotel here or there right. Mm-hmm. So this way yeah. we didn't have to do that. We close our doors and we're home. But we mm-hmm. did have a goal in mind, and mm-hmm. that goal in mind. Because of our fast-paced environment and our fast-paced busy, busy, busy throughout that small stretch of if COVID wasn't happening, we'd be so busy right now. Mm-hmm, we can, mm-hmm. And we are busy, but I think the biggest thing for us was to slow down. Right. Yeah. That was our Different biggest, pace. like, yeah. we just want to slow down. Yeah. Like, we're very speedy people. Yeah. Like, we like to get things uh-huh. done and, you know. But then it's it's that time that a lot of people don't have yeah. that opportunity yeah. even because they mm-hmm. work for somebody else. But mm-hmm. when you work for yourself, to, to stay inspired. To oh yeah, oh yeah. So we go out west, which is very inspiring for us. Right. To we you know we discovered a new wood source, which we hmm. didn't have a lot of room but in the in the, the van, but we put <laughs> it underneath of our mattress or the mattress in the, the closet. closet. We came back with a ton of wood. Hmm. And then just you know yeah like collecting different things along the way and inspiration of like other people's work that we. Uh, we got to appreciate along the way. So that was, um, yeah, just refreshing and important, I think. Yeah. All right, well, uh, any last thoughts? Anything in particular from all this experience that you've talked about, uh, the, the learning how to create uh, beautiful furniture from wood, running your business, traveling in a van? <laughs> would you like to go for Any last uh, words, in other, in other I, words? I would like to say yeah. anybody who's wanting to start a yeah. business uh, or, or thinking about it to just uh, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes you don't need to think, you know, hundred yeah. percent and have yeah. everything, have all your T's crossed. Sometimes you just need to just jump, do it. Mm-hmm. jump at, you know, kind of before you mm-hmm. look mentality, mm-hmm. do that and then progress and learn yeah. and just make sure that yeah. you do learn from your mistakes uh-huh. because yeah. if you don't, then you're just going to repeat yeah you're just gonna repeat and be in that snowball effect but i think that's great advice i think you do have to take risks at some point if you keep putting it off then you might continue putting it off forever and don't let people put you down if Mm -hmm. anybody puts you down you're obviously doing something right because you know they just want to that's a good point i think it spirals into even the van life thing for us too right Mm -hmm. because that was something you could keep putting off you could want to build the perfect thing right so you just have to start yeah. somewhere just do yeah. it yeah just yeah. buy and the same shell with people's just opinions started, especially yeah. for that yeah. what are you doing you're gonna live in a van that's where you have to be you're very stupid. clear yeah. absolutely that's where you have your parents to... or anyone like <laughs> oh my gosh what's wrong with you why would you do this I, like, why would you want to didn't tell my parents until like we had it finished and uh-huh. i was like yeah, Ta-da! And, we, and we pretty much rolled up to our parents and went people were like check it out you're like what because people wouldn't necessarily understand like until they see oh my gosh okay i see but that's where i think yeah in your own mindset you just have to be very clear and that's an important thing so things like tools I would say like I do teach yoga and I'm I'm you know I practice meditation Mm -hmm. I think those tools whatever it is for you that keeps you like in line and grounded because Mm -hmm. it's so easy nowadays for to get pulled off of your kilter so things like that whatever it is for you that Uh you can remember you know you or you need to repeat to yourself that you know keeps you aligned with your vision because that's important I agree 100% I think that's that holistic way of looking at things yeah and, and keeping your mind and body healthy too is, is right. uh, important. 100%. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much, 
Dan and Candice for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks for having us. It was so interesting. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Wow. I hope you learned as much as I did from that conversation. For one thing, I learned that trial and error really works and that you can't have trial without the error, so don't be afraid to fail. Special thanks once again to my guests, Candace and Dan. Be sure to check out their work at liveedgeforest.com where you can find beautiful photos of their products as well as their van life adventures. Also, be sure to check out our website at amateurpod.com. Comment on today's episode, subscribe, rate, review, and remember, there's a teacher in everyone you meet. Thank you.